Welcome to Rebels Recap. You're Rebels on you? Join Robin Vogt, Scott Inch, and Brian Fontaine as they break down the animated universe of a galaxy far, far away. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Rebels Recap here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. We hope you all enjoyed our first episode back into Rebels Recap. And now we're back this week and we're really, really excited we're getting closer and closer to the end, gentlemen. Of course, sitting across from the or sitting across the pond from me is the guy himself, Mr. Scott Inch. Scott, how's it going this evening? It's going well, but to quote Anakin, instead of sand, I hate snow. <laughs> very, very well said. And of course, who else is here? It's a Mr. Fontaine, I think. Yeah, and Scott, what you might call a really snowy, uh, you know, snowmageddon or whatever it was. It's a Thursday to us over here in New England, so... Well, it's called the Beast from the East, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfectly said. Absolutely perfectly said, Mr. Inch. Now, gentlemen, obviously, amongst the talk in the Star Wars fandom, we came off of these last two Star Wars Rebels episodes, and as the plot line continues to move forward towards the end of this season, we saw a lot of developments with these last two episodes here, before the finale, of course. And, Brian, I, one of the things that I have to reflect upon here with these two episodes is, and I've seen this I've seen this comment throughout the fandom on social media, is these two episodes are exactly what Star Wars Rebels is all about and just show exactly what Dave Filoni has brought to this animated universe. Yeah, again, I'll just echo what I echoed last week, and I just, I really don't have a lot of words for this. I mean, it was so, it was nice to be able to sit back and enjoy, you know, and, and I guess like we usually do, again, we're recording about a week after these aired, so full spoiler talk. I, I think I mentioned to both of you guys uh, I watch. I don't have Disney XD on my cable subscription, so I have to. I have to watch like the day after through iTunes, which mm-hmm. w- what it is, what it is. But the episode guides that they had up, and they had little images. The image that popped up for a world between worlds was a picture of Ahsoka, and mm. you know we we had talked about it like it was a possibility and stuff. But it just it that was a spoiler through iTunes before I even had a chance to watch it, but. <laughs> I don't know, like, I'm not as up in arms about, like, a lot of what happened. I think fandom is, is you know, Scott is taking an opportunity to, to make of what this what it is. I mean, maybe there's, maybe there's time travel. Maybe in this space, time doesn't matter as much. I don't know, Scott, what, what were your overall thoughts about the two-episode arc? Oh, I loved them. I loved them indeed. Um, I was... It was more the second episode. I really enjoyed just hearing all the the Force voices. I think you mentioned Brian before we came on here. Um, just to hear like Yoda and Ray and Kylo Ren and, uh, and Maz Kana, Maz as well. But yeah, Ahsoka. Was, um, I think I said last week as we were kind of wrapping up that Ahsoka was one of the characters I wanted to see come back for the finale and we got that and what was great is we got it right at that scene where she's finishing up her fight with Vader so the question is where has she been for the last two years? That's a really solid question I think that's one that I've also seen on social media as well Scott is everybody's asking alright if Ezra is going to pull Ahsoka from that moment 
all right what what are the consequences of that you know if you if people want to stick on the concept that it is time travel which obviously i have a big issue with but uh if you've seen my instagram but it's one of those things that you know what are the consequences of making these choices with it within that realm you know obviously ezra goes and he wants to seek out canaan as well brian and this is such a big moment for ezra in terms of his learning Obviously, we see some other faces join us in this moment, but overall, for Ezra, this is such a crucial, it's like, this is where the path divides for him, and he has to make the ultimate choice now that Canaan is gone. Where where does he go forward? And just to wrap my head around that is like, wow, we're, we're getting so much in such a small amount of time. Before I jump into that, Robin, I did want to touch on, you know, I want to throw a shout out to our friends at the, the Sky Talkers podcast, and they did a great job of going through and collecting all of the, all of the forced voices that we heard. I went through myself, and not only did we hear a lot of these, the, the names that Scott mentioned, I went through no particular order, Yoda, Obi-Wan. We heard all three actors that have, portrayed obi-wan we heard steven stanton mm. we've heard james arnold taylor we also heard alec guinness we heard qui-gon kanan ahsoka ray maz leia anakin with both matt lanter and hayden christensen Jared emway the daughter the son kylo ren vader and the one that I found really interesting about this, guys, and this is just my own thing, and I guess it's not even really this big theory based on what we knew about Lyra Urso, but we heard Jin Urso. And if you read the Catalyst novel, you knew that Lyra was potentially Force-sensitive, so that just kind of adds more to the, the intrigue about Rogue One. But, mm. yeah, you mentioned it, Robin. Like, uh, this is... This is kind of like this uncharted territory, and you mentioned time travel and what are the consequences of, of of pulling Ahsoka out, and then although that she went back like moments after that, like so she didn't, yeah, like Scott, you said where where's she been for the last two years, and I I really liked that they brought Ahsoka back, and there's really no question about what her fate was because we know that that she makes it, but now everyone's like wondering like where's she been. And, you know, I, I feel like the other thing that you had mentioned, Robin, was Kanan. And, and, and I think Ahsoka, again, was the voice of the, of the listener and basically saying, like, yeah, well, maybe the Force does things that we still don't even understand. And maybe the Force, Kanan was using the Force through this Lothwolf doom and led Ezra to this one final lesson. And, and I want to throw it to both of you guys. I have my own interpretation of this, but... What did both of you feel like that lesson was? I'll, I'll come back afterwards after you've both had a chance. Mm. I'll let you take this first, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see here. So, I think probably the ultimate lesson within all of this, I, I'm going to be honest with you, it, it, the lesson itself is similar to what we saw with The Last Jedi. That failure is the greatest teacher. I feel like for Ezra, that he always sees everything as failure. I mean, he always sees, like, he couldn't do things to help Lethal. He felt like, you know, at times he wasn't doing enough to help his people. And that in this moment, you know, Ahsoka even brings to his attention that, Ezra, you've, you've fought along this journey, and you've basically made it this far, and now that Kanan's gone, you're this, you're the one. You're the person who stands here now. And I think the lesson in that moment is, is that, Take each moment 
for what it is and be your own guiding light in terms of what you want your destiny to be. Kanan took his moment and he pushed it forward and said, this is going to be my sacrifice. Not necessarily what is Ezra's sacrifice going to be, but what is he physically going to do, say, or take action against that is going to determine his fate. Scott? I'm going to add on top of that. When you say it's great, but I'm going to also add that maybe another part of the lesson was to let go. We know that Ezra kind of has never kind of let go in some things throughout the time. Like Even when it came to Maul, he couldn't let go. Mm. He still had to deal with that. So I think this was like... And he wasn't able to let go of Kanan just yet. So we seeing Kanan's last moment and ready and wanted to take him out, that was the lesson I felt maybe that he had to learn was to let go and move forward. You guys went kind of where I was going, so I was glad I'm not out on an island on this one. But I think I think it was I think I think the long game of what Kanan wanted Ezra to do, number one, was to make sure that the this this ultimate power didn't fall into the hands of, of Palpatine. And number two, I think, Robin, you kind of went there, is like there's some things you can't change. And then although there are opportunities where you could, you know, potentially save Ahsoka from having a temple fall on her. Mm. The other thing is, is there's consequences to every decision. And if he selfishly wanted to save Kanan, well, you know, this would have been that. You know, Doc Brown, where we're going, we don't need roads. I mean, you know, if he saves Kanan, then everybody else dies. So his sacrifice would, would be in vain, obviously. And there's a lot of foreshadowing here that I feel like, you know, and, and I don't want to jump ahead, and there's already been a fan screening at the Disney studio mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. I've I've refused to look at anything there. There's I, Apparently, there's already a lot of spoilers out there. This is me purely speculating following the breadcrumbs of Filoni and team that I, I feel like Ezra when he said goodbye to Kane and and he he said there was one last lesson and I and I feel like we already know that the rebellion is not coming to save Lethal. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at the trailer for the mid season, you know, what what was gonna happen, we see that this episode we're gonna see Rex come back. We're probably gonna see Callus come back. Everybody though the whole band's gonna get back together. Hondo's coming back. I love the fact that Jim mm-hmm. Cummings is coming back to voice Hondo for this. And I feel like Ezra is going to be the catalyst for whatever's going to happen in this one. And I almost feel like... Uh, and I hate to shoehorn in what needs to happen at the end of this series to make Empire make sense when Yoda's talking to Luke. And I don't think we necessarily have to deal in those absolutes. But mm. I feel like Ezra's going to make he's going to make the the sacrifice play in some capacity. And I don't know what it is, and I don't necessarily know if it means that he's going to have to give over his life or, or whatnot, but I just feel like it was Kanan's way of saying there's a greater purpose out there. And Lothal obviously meant ended up meaning quite a bit to the lore of Star Wars and the Force more than we ever thought. I mean, who would have thought, guys, that back in Season 1 and Season 2... That we've already seen this world between worlds. That Ezra is now in tune to the Force well enough that he can, you know, he's you saw him interacting with Yoda verbally, and then he gets his kyber crystal there, and then in season two, he's able to manifest Yoda in front of him, and they're, they're able to, you know, speak. And, and I mean, it just gives Dagobah a whole nother 
intrigue more than we ever thought that there was. And with Qui-Gon going back to the Clone Wars, and guys, I'm rambling, somebody save me. <laughs> it's No, everything that you've brought up here, Brian, is so crucial because, and I, and I mentioned this at the RavenCon that I just did not that long ago, I said to a lot of people, I said, you know, Dave Filoni always finds a way of taking what we've already known and elements of things that we want to know and crossing them and making those paths possible. Star Wars Rebels has done it in a way. We started this series off on Lethal, meeting Ezra for the first time, and we're going to end this thing on Lethal and mm-hmm. saying goodbye to Ezra. I think you said that perfectly. That's just a prediction of mine. I, I hope it's not true. I want to see Ezra play out a little bit more and get his story moving more. But overall, Brian, I think that what you said right there is exactly what Dave Filoni and the entire team at Lucasfilm sat down and said, how are we going to be able to create a series that takes this character's journey and ends it in a way where we can say, yeah, we could go right back to to the first place where we started and watch this thing over and still get the feels and still get the chills and have those great experiences throughout the way. Scott, I think that's exactly what Star Wars fans want as we move closer to the next one. Yeah, we kind of want to have it all tied up in the fall. It's been the... It's been like the heart of this place. It's like Tatooine in the original trilogy. It's, but yeah, Lothal is so much about that place, the temples. And it's where Ezra started, it's where our, our heroes started off. And it's got to be where our heroes end, even though we know Hera and Chopper survive and the ghost. But yeah, I, I can't even add to what you guys have said already. <laughs> yeah. You say so much, so. <laughs> Sorry for, sorry for monopolizing the podcast, guys. No, <laughs> no the, the beauty, you know, and I'm going to say this because I know, obviously, you know, we're going to have tissues for this this conclusion to Star Wars Rebels, guys. We're going to be very emotional, but that next Rebels recap to end off this thing, I mean, I'm going to have plenty of tissues at the ready because of the journey that we've been on. And, you know, overall, guys, I feel that the conversations that we've had have, have led to this moment. You know, we talk about Ezra's story, Brian, and we talk about the journey that our characters have been through. you got to look at the journey that we've been through ever since we started Rebels Recap. You proposed it to me, and we got this thing moving. And overall, I think that these characters have become such an intricate part of the Star Wars family that it's going to be a tough time when we have to go through all this. But hopefully, Dave Filoni, you've got something else out there for us. You know what I mean? So, guys, just overall, I feel like I'm not. this isn't an original thought, but after I heard somebody else say it, and I wish I could give credit where credit was due, but you know, these two episodes also had a very Raiders of the Lost Ark feel, a very yeah. Indiana Jones, and I, you, I think you both had corrected me. I thought... Uh, Dryden, I thought he, I thought he may have been Vader's assistant from Rogue One, and that was kind of what the basis of it. But what do you? I, I keep getting hung up on the Ahsoka thing. Mm-hmm. Now, Morai, as we've now come to find out what that, you know, that Convery is, and even Ezra said, well, I've seen that around every time Ahsoka was around, and, and we know it's some sort of a manis- manifestation now about the daughter we haven't even talked about the mortis gods and i think that was woven in so well and i don't necessarily know if it gave closure to that if if anything more questions but do you guys think this is just something that's been rattling around since i watched the episode when ezra goes there and more eyes above the portal that would lead to ahsoka and he he witnesses that 
where I first I thought it was like a selfish way to bring Ahsoka back and, and it makes sense and it's kind of like the almost ultimate in-universe retcon, but do you guys feel like it was the Force making sure that Ahsoka still had a part to play? I, I don't know. It just feels... It feels like it wasn't necessarily... I feel like Ezra was meant to do that, and, and it feels weird to say that. It's mm, a really good point. I, I don't think so. I think she, I think she has got a more prominent uh, role in the Force, and I think the Force gods, as we're kind of calling them, I think they are... I think they're going to play a bit more in the next episode, especially with Ezra. I think they'll help him, and maybe they're the ones that help to maybe hide Ezra, so he does survive through post-original trilogy into the sequel era, so that he can, so that Oda, Yoda thinks that there's only one left, but there's actually not. It's an interesting theory, and I think that Brian, you brought this up too, and Scott, you said it perfectly, is that that would be a fantastic way of keeping Ezra in the canon and moving him forward in a very different way. Ahsoka's presence, I think, is along a multitude of levels, and again, I'm going to mention his name throughout this, (laughs) I think you guys know this, Dave Filoni, again, has such a connection to Native American culture, understanding different religions, and trying to find different pathways through that, and... When I was watching this episode, and of course we're reintroduced to the whole concept of Mortis, and obviously the uh, spirit owl, as I like to call it, that rests on the daughter's shoulder, it's really a callback to Native American culture in that maybe within itself it knew where Ahsoka was, obviously, and that connection is what allowed her to continue her presence throughout the series in some way, that allowed it to not only be a free spirit, but allowed Ahsoka to see things and be within the Force in those moments, even though she was going on her own journey, which is a really, really fascinating concept, and I think is something that obviously could extend itself into many different forms within Star Wars. So, Brian, I think you're right. I think there's a lot more to Ahsoka that we see play out, specifically, not necessarily as a kind of an insert way of throwing Ahsoka back into the story, but just more of a way of saying, you know what, Ahsoka's presence is always felt whether it's physically her or whether it's through a uh, a force owl, you could say. Do you guys get any other predictions for the finale here? Mm, I think Vader's going to come back. Oh, that was going to be mine! <laughs> come on, I Scott! I thought I was like, completely original about that. I was thinking that, Scott. Oh, God, we've been spending too much time together. Yeah. I was like, I thought I was going to sneak that one up on you guys. I just feel like <laughs> that's going to be something they've been holding back. That, yeah, take it away, I, Scott. I've got three. Vader's going to come back. I think Governor Price is going to bite the dust. And I think that Robin's mentioned it before, but I think Thrawn is going to be taken away to the unknown regions and then come back post-original uh, trilogy. Use in mind, too. He finds a way of manipulating both of our ideas, Brian. Interesting, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so, but but I'll take that, Scott, and I'll run with it, and I'll pass it over to our friend Robin here, but have we all but confirmed the fact that Thrawn makes it out of Rebels, the fact that he's mentioned in the Aftermath trilogy, Mm -hmm. that that he's, like, I don't think they were referring to him as much in the past tense as he was helping the Emperor map that, that region, I feel like he has to make it out of it. Well, Filoni has well, said... Well, the other thing, too, and, and I think I know where you're going with this, Scott, too, because I, I, I'm i instantly thinking of the Thrawn Alliance's 
book, and then although we see on the cover that it's him and Vader, and it just it made too much sense to have Vader show up here. <sighs> I don't know. I, I want them to put Thrawn on the shelf. I mean, I, and I don't know. I feel I feel like Ahsoka has to show up in some capacity too. I don't think that they're just going to have her. I mean, it could be the ultimate. Oh, let's put the elf on the shelf. Let's put Ahsoka on the shelf, and you know, show her coming back. But now there's potential that another storyteller could pick up her where she's going to go and, and go from there. Filoni and everybody over at Lucasfilm, I mean, especially Filoni, is known to put characters on the shelf, Brian. We've seen that we originally thought was Sabine. Yeah, he's going to put Sabine on the shelf for a little bit. Guess what? He ends up pulling her off the shelf, and she's right there once again in the story. So as much as things are put on the shelf, you could say, they're easily taken off and put into different formats. So I think that's a valid theory. I think there's a lot that we as Star Wars fans would love to see in terms of putting these characters on a shelf and finding the places to use them. Again, you bring up the after Aftermath trilogy. I think that there are a lot of answers within the canon and a lot of things that we're going to see play out with that Alliances novel from Timothy's on that we may see when it comes specifically to Around Thrawn. Thank goodness that book is uh, right around uh, the end of Rebels here and we can we can kind of move on with that and get back into that story. But in terms of prediction for the conclusion of Star Wars Rebels and everything we've grown to love with this series. I'm still on on the bandwagon that we see Krennic at some point here at the end. That he that there's some connection between because we've seen his name used throughout here. We've seen his name dropped in different areas. And I think it would be such a great thing to ha- suddenly have Thrawn bombarding Lothal and then suddenly Krennic shows up and he's trying to prove a point or he's trying to be, you know, this standoff imperial leader that he is. And in a way, maybe he tries to manipulate Thrawn in a way. I would love to see him try to turn Thrawn in a direction where the Emperor says, yeah, you're going to the Outer Rim. I'm not dealing with you right now. You're going to the Unknown Regions. Krennic's got this big old plan that he wants to run. And I'm not going to let you stand in the way of that right now. We know how the Emperor works. I think that would be a very fascinating way and this 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 the series of shows is showing the ultimate sacrifices of Ezra and our rebel friends and also seeing the ultimate sacrifice that the empire gives by giving this project to Krennic and obviously the fate is well known Brian. Yeah, my only prediction was I feel like we're going to see Vader, but I can't even put I can't even possibly wrap my head around how they're going to finish this thing off. Mm. I mean, I can't even in my wild imagination wildest imagination and i and i i try to keep my speculation in check as much as i can as a as a fan but you know outside of like ezra doing some sacrifice i mean is it is it that we know that lethal is rid of the empire i don't know if that's as satisfying Mm. do we really hit it home that these this group of rebels was a family i mean yes i think that could work but i don't know like I, and I hate to, I mean, the only thing I've seen on, on social media is the fact that everybody that went to see this premiere said it exceeded their expectations. And if they had high expectations of it going into it, then they got to have this really great ending that is going to put a bow on this thing. I don't know. I just, I can't wait, guys. I'm just, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. really looking forward to watching this. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's right around the corner. It's going to be really exciting. We're very excited for everybody. We'll be sharing in this experience with with, uh, the entire Star Wars fandom. Get your tissues ready, everybody, even though you're going to be specifically probably listening to this 
at some point, you know, I'm sure those tissues will, all, will already be gone and you'll be getting them out for uh, Episode 9 and Han Solo. So it's really, really exciting. Thank you guys so much for uh, supporting Rebels Recap. And we've this has been a great conversation. I think that overall Star Wars Rebels has given us so much. It's given us so much to talk about. And these two episodes leading up, obviously, to the finale is is just going to... This, this conversation is going to continue. doesn't matter when the series wants to end. So... Awesome, guys. This has been a fantastic conversation once again. I think it's that time of the show. It's a little thing we like to call... Talk time. Yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> I, was, was, gonna... waiting, I was waiting for <laughs> Scott. <laughs> I was trying to think of something clever about Doc Brown, and it just wasn't coming to me, so... <laughs> it's your kids, Marty. we got to do something about your kids. <laughs> or I know where we're going... We don't need roads. Ah, uh, there it is. We need cloud time. <laughs> we need cloud time. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. Mr. Scott Inch, where can the good people find you across social media? You can find me on Facebook at Scott Inch or on Twitter at Scott Inch 85. Mr. Fontaine? Jedi Scavenger SW on Twitter and Instagram. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Vote Tweets. Please make sure to head on over to Instagram, follow me at the official vote. Head on over to www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in a galaxy far, far away. Some fantastic stuff over on the website right now. You know the spiel. Head on over. Check out all of our great podcasting apps that we're a part of iTunes, Google Play. Tune in. Doesn't matter. We're there for you. Subscribe, rate, and comment. And also, please, make sure to head on over to TeePublic. Some wonderful designs up there. And as we always say, May the Force Be With You t-shirt is also available there right now. Thank you guys so much for listening to Rebels Recap. Get your tissues ready. It's going to be an emotional ride, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And as we always say, May the Force Be With You. Always. Always. Oh.